Ahoy hoy, all you delightful little ragamuffins. I'm John Miller, and welcome back to the Everybody Trades Podcast. And, well, the stock market hasn't been treating us very well here lately. This has been, I believe, the worst week of 2022 so far. And you know what? I certainly have not been immune to that pain. So don't worry. If you're in a little bit of pain right right now out there in stock tradingville, well, guess what? I'm a pro and I'm right there with you. It's impossible to perfect this stuff. And in fact, I've been kicking myself a little bit this morning, I have to admit, especially about Adobe stock. Yes, the maker of, of Photoshop and Adobe Audition, by the way, which is something I described to to edit this this here podcast, in fact. So Adobe, to me, a stock that's treated me very well the last few years, by the way. I'm still sitting on a good gain on the thing. And in fact, I, I got out of about half of my position, what I had left of it about a week ago when it was still over $500. Well, unfortunately, now we're sitting at about 450 or so. So obviously, I would have felt a lot better if I'd have gotten out of it when I did. So the question is, why did I get out of Adobe stock? Let's try to take you through a bit of my thinking here a little bit and why the little bit that I still have left, I'm now regretting not selling it. Well, quite simply, while Adobe has a great business model and a great product of giving people just products to be creative for 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 lack of a better terms. Not only can you edit podcasts and videos, well, Photoshop has been their main thing for for decades now, for at least a couple decades, and with their subscription model that they came up with a few years ago, hey, let's not just have people pay a, a hundreds of dollars all at once for a piece of software. No, let's capitalize on those gains every single month by offering them a more affordable, at least on the front end, subscription. So basically the company wins and so do so does your customer as well. They feel like they can sort of try the product for a week or two and not feel like they're 100% committed to something that costs hundreds of dollars that they might only use a few times. So really, it was a win for Adobe and a win for the consumer. But here's the problem. Competition. Now, of course, for us, the consumer, we're all consumers, right? Everybody trades and everybody consumes as well. So the point is Canva. Perhaps you've heard of Canva, a new, another subscription-based software that is essentially competing with Adobe Photoshop. And I first realized what Canva was all about about a couple years ago when over on my Locked On Mizzou podcast, well, the Locked On Network has us create graphics for each and every one of our YouTube episodes, and we create them not on Photoshop, but on Canva. And we don't even use Canva Pro, which is about, I believe, 7 or $8 a month. No, we just use the free version of Canva. So instead of selling out that $20, $22 for Photoshop every single month, well, guess what? Canva actually does exactly what I want it to do. Now, for if you're a true professional, if you're actually making professional-like printed-out graphics or graphics on the internet for a, a big company or something like that, no doubt you're almost certainly still using Photoshop. But for people like me, for people who are just content creators, various different types of creative types, well, they're going to probably gravitate toward Canva because guess what? When you're 
paying $20 a month for something that on a podcast, and let's, let's face it, most people aren't making a ton of money on your podcast, right? I'm going to raise my hand and be honest with you and say I'm right there with those people. So if you can cut down your expenses a little bit and just do what you were doing on Photoshop on Canva for free, well, that's a, that's a huge, huge threat to Adobe's business, especially when Photoshop is the number one seller of their creative cloud suite of products, along with, like I said before, Audition, among many others. So long story short, while I don't think that today's market action is specifically about Adobe per se, it's down another about 2.5% at last check, but still, even so, I just think that there are enough fundamental factors, specifically competition from Canva, that if you're like me and you're still sitting on a a 30% or so gain with the rest of your Adobe stock, well, I would think about selling here for sure and just protect that gain. Because right now, that stock is not acting very well and I just don't trust it. I just don't want to see that small bit that I have left. I don't want to see it go away. And you you can make your own judgments if you don't have a position yet. Keep an eye on it because at a certain point, if that stock goes below $400 per se, well, we can revisit it because at a certain point, that stock is going to become a value again. I just don't think we're there right now. Now, as for the broader market itself, obviously what we're seeing is another sell-off based to Russia and Ukraine-based tensions. Now, the thing is, a lot of these tensions, it seems to me, are being stoked on by the United States government and the corporate media. It's really bizarre to me how hell-bent the sort of D.C. establishment is on having some sort of conflict between the United States and Russia over Ukraine. And, And really, this is all bizarre on so many levels because when you really look at it, would it actually be advantageous, number one, politically, for Vladimir Putin to to take action, violent military action in Ukraine when a large percentage, a significant percentage of people in Ukraine are in fact ethnically Russia. And by the way, this whole dispute between what are the borders between Ukraine and Russia, the actual borders of the Ukraine, well, that's been changing and under dispute and for for decades and centuries under Stalin and Khrushchev and all these different oligarchs. And then at the last second, before the Soviet Union collapsed, essentially that's when the, this modern version of the Ukraine border was made. So in other words, the big Cold War enemy of the United States government for, for decades was the Soviet Union, but yet somehow... At the 23rd hour, when that failed state, when that failed empire collapses and they decide, hey, here's where the Ukraine border should be, somehow any alteration of that border, that is considered what? Beyond any sort of lawful behavior? That, that's the end of democracy as we know it? I'm sorry, I just don't see the actual case for that. And by the way, even if I'm wrong about, okay, it seems like the United States is the one stoking the flames here. By the way, when you see the corporate media say that, hey, oh, well, Putin is moving troops to the Ukraine border. Well, yeah, inside of Russia. 
They're not moving it inside of Ukraine. And in fact, NATO putting troops, increasing troops inside of Ukraine is actually a more aggressive act. Because if you flip it, it's actually quite simple. This is almost their Cuban Missile Crisis. If you think about it, back in the 1960s, John F. Kennedy and the whole United States thought it was unacceptable for the Soviet Union to put any type of missiles or basically to encroach into Cuba. That was just way, way, way too close to the United States for comfort. So if that's the case, if that's the standard that the United States has, how is it that we expect Russia, the modern Russia, that state, to accept NATO essentially coming really, really close to their border? Isn't that at least a bit hypocritical? It just seems to me, especially when the United States has over and over again shown its willingness to redraw borders in various other countries dozens of times to overthrow democratically elected officials at the very least we we poke our noses around in their elections and try to get the type of leader that the united states government wants i just don't see the actual case here for war i i don't see how anybody can possibly say that the united states government getting into conflict with i believe the second biggest nuclear power in the world is supposed to make me as an American safer. I'm supposed to want to see my my friends, my relatives, their children, their 18-year-old sons go over there and, and fight this battle. I'm sorry, that's insane. And even if you want to say, oh, well, no, no American blood will be lost. We're just going to fight with drones or something. Well, I'm sorry. I, I think everybody in this li- in this world's life matters who is not an aggressor, unless you're the one out there up in a in a drone or something, unless you're 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 a terrorist, you're a madman who's aggressing upon people and blowing them away or something. You're just a normal human being, is what I'm trying to say. Then yes, your life does matter. You're not just collateral damage to me. And all these people in the corporate press, how many of them in, in the deep state of D.C. establishment as well? How many of them worked? for Lockheed Martin at some point? How many of them have ties to Northrop Grumman or Raytheon or General Dynamics or all this stuff? Because if there's a reason to get into another front of war for this United States empire, the only reason can be because, well, we need some more money to flow through the coffers of Northrop. Well, you know what I say to that? To hell with that. That's insanity. Frankly, I don't think... Based on all the evidence I know, and again, I'm not an expert on Russian politics, but it doesn't seem to me for as much as the Biden administration says without evidence, by the way, they make these claims without evidence that there's some sort of false flag operation being planned by the Russians or something like that. There's actually no evidence that this is, that this is the case. And if there is, they certainly haven't provided it at the very least. But again, even if I'm wrong, Even if I accept the premise that Russia is going to make a move on Ukraine, try to take it over for all intents and purposes, well, as much as I would love the people of Ukraine to be as free as anybody on the planet, I want them to have self-determination. I'm not willing to go overseas to risk my life to do it. And I'm not willing to, to make you go over there and risk yours or your children's or anybody else's as well. So to me, this is total madness. This is something that the United States should not even be considering. And for as much as I 
gave Joe Biden credit for at least sticking to Trump's original agreement with Afghanistan and eventually pulling out of that country as haphazardly, as poorly as the pullout might have been handled, he deserves credit for sticking to that. On the other hand, if he starts a new front in Russia, well, that is going to be as bad of a move as he could possibly make during his presidency. It's just a terrible, terrible idea on every level. Economically, as you can see, the stock market not loving this today. It's terrible on that level. It's terrible for peace and humanitarianism and all that stuff. Why not just be friendly with Russia? If it were up to me, if I were the president of the United States, you know what I'd do? I would pull out of NATO right now. Let the Europe, if they want to do NATO, they can keep doing it. But you know what? The United States... We're out of this. The whole thing was created to counter the Soviet Union. Well, guess what? It's been 30 years. The Soviet Union is dead, but somehow certain people, for whatever reason, just can't seem to let the Cold War die. Well, you know what? You people are insane, and I'm not falling for it. So you know what? Hopefully, this message will get out there, and all you people have been thinking, hey, why, why do we care about Ukraine? Well, your instincts are absolutely correct. You can care about it, but not to the point where we need to be taking United States military aggression in yet another region of the world. That's madness, and it's a non-starter for this podcaster. So you know what? Thank you for joining me once again on Everybody Trades. Get out of your Adobe stock if you have a gain. I think it's time to move on and go somewhere else. And you know what? We'll revisit that particular stock if it heads south under 400. We'll we'll take another look then. Take another fundamental look. But until then, I am John Miller, and this has been Everybody Trades. Everybody Trades.